This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. When usually people ask me, like, how do I lose those last five pounds? And I say, I usually turn the question around. And I say, because you know yourself best, right? I don't know you best. I'm like, but I just got to reframe it. And I kind of become, you kind of become like a, a food therapist in that way. You're like, well, what do you think? Or why? And, and then they start talking about it. I'm like, it's so many factors. And a lot of times too, it's eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. It's eating without distraction. It's being a little bit more mindful and aware of what they're eating. Michelle Jalen of The Nutrition Artist is a registered dietitian and one of my favorite food and nutrition accounts of Instagram. She's a foodie friend, a fellow creative, and passionate about educating people on food and nutrition. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Mary. I'm so excited to be on the show today. There's a lot I want to cover. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, let's begin by telling our listeners a bit about yourself. Okay, so I am by trade a registered dietitian, uh, which means I'm a nutritionist, um, but I'm a regulated nutritionist, um, you know, just like a registered nurse or a physiotherapist or whatnot. So, um, you know, and, and I mean, traditionally, dietetics is very more medical, you know, it's about, you know, diets for people with certain conditions or whatnot. Um, but On the flip side, I also have an art background. So um, before I actually got into nutrition, I I was um, doing schooling in art, and um, I was I really wanted to be an art teacher. Really? But so yes, somewhere along the line, I found nutrition. I decided I wanted to be. um, We call them an RD, a registered dietitian. And I find now, as an entrepreneur, I do different things in nutrition communication. I help people cut through a lot of the, you know, nutrition misinformation out there and help them with find credible and trustworthy nutrition information. And I also help, you know, food companies that are, especially small ones that want to switch towards a more health food focus uh, and also bring credible information to media. That's another thing I do because there's a lot of misinformation out there and I love giving people good information. I can see from your Instagram, you have a passion for cooking as well. I do. I do. I love to cook. How did you get started in the kitchen? Back in high school, I took home economics, right? Which they don't really have a lot in high school. And I took that course and, you know, you do things like cooking, you do things like sewing. But I, I always found that stuff really fun because um, it's kind of more being more creative, but at the same time, practical things. Like knowing mm-hmm. how to cook is a life skill. Knowing how to sew is a life skill, you know, um, just things like that. So that's where I first learned about cooking. And then, you know, and then I just started doing my own experimenting, like kind of putting you know, trying things on my own and trying out recipes. Um, I watched the Food Network a lot and I was really inspired by what they were doing. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to try this at, myself at home. And then the most amazing things, and I know, Mary, you 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 have a, you cook too. But like, mm. you know, when you try a recipe and it works out and you're like, ooh, like this this worked and you get so excited and you taste it. It's such a good like, feeling. <laughs> I know, it's so rewarding. And then from there, I just, you know, I wanted to keep doing it. But at the same time, I wanted to make it like, kind of a healthy focus because that's my background's nutrition obviously that you know healthy food can taste good because people think all you eat is salad <laughs> or true. like there's a lot of rules around food like you can eat this but you can't eat that it's like no 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 I think all food can be enjoyed you know it's part of life what's the first recipe you can remember trying oh gosh so okay I remember back when I was um I think I was maybe like 11 years old I was a kid 
Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to make my own chocolate chip cookies just because I wanted to. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't think I knew what I was really doing because it was my first time. And, and like my, my mom and my parents, like, they're not bakers. Like, so, but I thought, okay, I'm going to bake something because no one bakes in my household. And I think what I did was I mixed up the ingredients and I used too much baking powder instead of like flour <laughs> and like too much salt instead of you know instead of sugar oh maybe I got those mixed up I don't know the cookies came out terrible they were as hard as rocks they came out of the oven they were they were like they tasted horrible they weren't even sweet and I'm like how did I mess this up maybe I didn't soften the butter properly it's also the first thing I ever made and I'm so glad I wanted to attempt <laughs> after that experience so I was like these cookies are crap. Like, <laughs> I'm not meant to do this. But you know, I was a kid, right? And I was just experimenting. And I'm now I'm so glad I, I did it. And my cookies are much better. <laughs> what recipe has never failed you? Um, I would say some of my vegetable dishes like I do. Um, like, I mean, because I'm of Chinese background, and I'll do like a lot of my, um, like, I'll, I'll cook the the vegetables and I guess because I've done it I've done it like for example with like bok choy I've done it so many times and I've done it for so long and it's so quick and easy that I can't really screw it up which is good mm, okay. but then, and now I'm like can I teach people to do it so that it's it works for them you know because yeah, yeah. but I mean in the beginning I'd say like it took a bit of like oh this is too soggy this is too soft but now when I do it I think it's because of experience and because we're doing it over and over again I can't actually fail that. And it's just very easy. It's just like, you know, you know, steaming the, it's like cooking broccoli or kale. It's like. So do you steam or boil or saute? I I do a bit of both. Okay. So if I were to make bok choy right now, walk me through it. Okay. So what I would do too, first of all, I use the baby one because it cooks faster and and they tend to be more tender. Um, First, I would put a little bit of like simmer out of it, put a bit of water in it with, with the vegetable and then cover it with a lid for maybe two to three minutes. Then I would take it out and then in the same pan, um, dump out the water. I would use, I put some oil, I put garlic, um, and then I put it back in. And then I, after that I'd season it and it'd either be salt and pepper, or I do like a soy sauce or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with a bit of like a soy sauce with a bit of sugar, or I would do oyster sauce and a little bit of sugar. You know what? I haven't tried oyster sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you find it in most Asian grocery stores. Mm-hmm that's where I found it. So, and it's kind of got that umami kind of sweet and kind of savory taste. So similar to soy sauce, but yeah, but sweeter, sweeter. Yeah. More depth of flavor. I would say thicker too. It's not like a liquid. It's kind of like, um, it'd be like a consistency of a ketchup or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And a little goes a long way. A little goes a long way. I usually water it down. I use a small amount and then I add water and I find what happens now when I cook, um, is I like to taste as I go along. So if I'm like, okay, this needs a bit more of this, then I'll, I'll and, and when I mean this, I mean like it needs more sweet. So then I'll add sugar, it needs more salt. Um, and then you would add more salt kind of thing. So that's how I do it. Are you into playing a couple of games with me? Sure. Okay. So we're going to do a game called This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Dog or cat? Dog. New clothes, new phone? New clothes. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. Dine in or delivery? Delivery. Now, are you a carnivore or more of a veggies? Veggies. Online shopping or in-store? Online. Corner peas? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the corner peas. Yeah, corner peas. 
I love that. Of <laughs> lasagna, of brownies. Oh, yes. Cake. Mm, I'm down for that. <laughs> Books or ebooks? Books. This one's important. Toilet paper. Over or under? Over. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to switch gears now. And okay, that's ask, fine. ask some burning questions around health and nutrition. Because I see them splashed everywhere. These buzzwords. Yeah, I know. And people are always interested in natural alternatives. That's right. How do they compare with drugstore remedies? So for example, how much would someone have to consume to achieve a, a similar effect, like for magnesium or vitamin B versus acetaminophen or ibuprofen, mm -hmm. uh, hydration? Um, yeah. Like for hydration, skin, hair, nails, it's all, it's collagen now. The nice thing about the natural stuff is so like let's say you're, you're going to get something from food so magnesium you find magnesium in a lot of your leafy green foods so like your kale your bok choy your broccoli you know but also in other things avocados you know so chocolate you know dark chocolate has magnesium so i'm just using that one as an example yeah now when you eat them from foods first of all it's always better to get them from foods but i'm i'm realistic and i know not everyone can eat all that in a day um it's it's not going to be ever as harmful as taking it in a pill form. So sometimes when you take, um, you know, and, and that's also why sometimes with supplements, you know, we got to be a little bit careful. You know, if you go, you can go to the drugstore and get your magnesium, you can get this, you can get everything. You can get antioxidant pills. You know, sometimes people will show you what they're taking. This um, antioxidant blueberry pill that I got from, you know, a natural health store or something. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe I'll have a look at it. And then I look at the quantity that's in it. And I'm just like, wow, like, I don't know if anyone really needs that much or it might be too much um, in that it's making your um, your kidneys and your liver work harder to kind of excrete the excess or that kind of thing makes for very expensive pee <laughs> because you pee it out right like because that's where it comes out from right so it's not really like a clear-cut answer as to you would get this much you'd have to eat this much to get it in pill form but more so if i know that someone's taking a lot of these different pills i might say hmm maybe we can vary something in your diet and in what you're eating so that you can get more of them without overloading your kidneys or your liver and that way you're getting other health benefits from it too you know the fiber and and all these other things that you're getting all the other nutrients you get with them because in a lot of fruits and vegetables you have other nutrients not just like the different like the different vitamins right so vitamins. right right and then that will give you more benefits. Most people today know how to plan their meals around macronutrition, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Yep. But many North Americans are micronutrient deficient. What are some ways that we can incorporate micronutrition into our meal plans? Okay. So within macro, so I say macronutrition is... Um, Macro is big. So like mm -hmm. your proteins, your carbohydrates, your your fat, right? Micronutrients are things like your vitamin A, you know, your B vitamins like folic acid, um, things like we talked about iron, calcium, right? Those are considered mm -hmm. micronutrients. Now, if you have planned your meal plan, um, and let's say you said, okay, for carbohydrates, we're going to have pasta and then we're going to have um, vegetables we're gonna, and fruits, right? We're going to have Let's say we're going to have tomatoes and we're going to have, I don't know, a couple other ones, broccoli or whatever. Now, if you combine it so that it's complete and you've got the vegetables and you've got and fruit or whatever with your, you know, carbohydrate, which is a macronutrient, then you should be okay to get more micronutrients. A lot of our micronutrients are in vegetables and fruits. 
So if you plan for those things and you plan to get your, your, um, your fruit too, you know, you're like, okay, I want to make sure that um, later on the snack, I'm going to have a handful of walnuts, a small handful of walnuts, and I'm going to have an orange, right? There you plan for it because those micronutrients, right, that we talked about, you know, the B vitamins or, you know, the vitamin C or whatnot are in those fruits and those vegetables. And that's how we push it. <laughs> so increased veggies, half a plate of veggies. That would, yeah, that's great. Half your plate, if you can do that, um, think of them. And if you're not somebody who naturally loves to eat fruits and vegetables, and I mean, because let's be honest, I know a lot of people that don't love it, try to plan it, you know, you have a lot at one time. So like, okay, you know, um, I don't really love vegetables that much, but maybe, but I don't mind salad with a bit of fruit on top. Okay, I'll do, maybe I'll have a big salad with that and I'll have that with like soup and, or pasta or a sandwich and that kind of thing. And that way you're getting a lot of them at once, mm-hmm. right? And you're, and I, and I mean, this makes me sad to say this, but, but it's true. You're getting, getting it over with, right? <laughs> Having it all at once, right? <laughs> Some people actually, um, and if you like eggs, for example, so you like eggs, you like a lot of people I know, they love having their morning eggs. You can put a lot of your vegetables in your eggs. You know, it's like, oh, I put some zucchini in my omelet and mushrooms and tomatoes, you know, that's, and spinach. Like that's a great way to get it in the morning. And that way, oh, I already got a lot of those micronutrients, you know, with my eggs. I wanted to talk about some of the diets. Sure. Because there are so many out there. um, How does someone know what diet is right for them? And to be honest, do they really work? A lot of them. So like there's keto, plant-based, intermittent, fasting, paleo, and pegan is a new one for me, which is what paleo and vegan, correct? Yes, but it's not completely vegan or completely pagan. So I, I don't, I don't love that one very much because it's just very confusing. Like, just the name I, alone confuses me. Yeah, P, yeah. So I find for that one, um, I there's a lot of rules. It's too many rules and restrictions for most people to be normal around food. Be like, I can eat this, but I can't eat that. Oh, I can only eat the beef if it's grass fed. I can only eat this if it's organic. I can only eat, and it sets it up in a way that isn't very um, practical for most people. Right. So basically, yeah, your grocery list is $500 for four items. That's right. That's right. you're always eating at home. You're never leaving your home. Yes. It's impractical. It's like, how would you ever be able to go anywhere? And food is such a part of life, you know, like you go out and you eat with your friends and you, you know, it's It's such a social thing. Oh, yes. Food, we are social people. And to be so restrictive that way is not very practical for most people's lives. There's some evidence too that people who, um, like especially in women too, jumping in on all these diets like juice cleansing or fasting or keto is that that yo-yo dieting effect, right? Um, first of all, it stresses out your body because your body's like, oh, what's happening, right? Um, and that in, in the end, what actually ends up happening is it actually makes you in the end gain more weight or um, have more body fat at the end because your body is trying to survive because you keep doing all these things to it, right? It's like a survival mechanism and naturally our, our bodies always try to hang on to to fat, right? It's just, it's a survival thing. Um, and that the yo-yo dieting actually has a negative effect on our metabolism um, and, you know, and, and on weight loss goals too, because you're constantly depriving your body of, of things it needs. And you're constantly going through this up-down phase of, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, and it's stressing your body out. Would you recommend any of these? So there's the plant-based, which I know a lot of people and, and love some of the dishes, actually. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the trend is we are moving to more plant-based eating. Now, that doesn't mean it's like, well, that means I'm going to give up all meat and animal products. And I, no, 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 we're not saying that. We're just saying that eating more plants is helpful because we we know what it can do. We can we know how it's good for prevention and and can help um, and can help prevent some of some chronic diseases, right? Um, and it's gone less towards having you know that you know, that gigantic steak that, you know, used to be the thing back in the day, you know, it's like having smaller amounts of meat, getting more, getting more protein from plants, like from things like beans and seeds and lentils or that kind of thing. So that's the one that I do recommend because the trend is moving towards it. And the Canada's new food guide is, is saying that too, that we're going to, we're, we're not saying no more animal protein. We're saying that we're going to have smaller amounts of it. Um, and that we're going to try to get most of them from plants. I think it's also tied in with the sustainability thing too. You know, it's like um, what's better for the environment too. So trying to eat more plants too it, um, has been shown to be help helpful in that regard. I'm Mary Mamalini, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Michelle Jalen, an educator, registered dietitian, and wealth of knowledge in food and health. I turned to my social media and asked them to send their questions in. And here's a list yeah. of their top questions for you. What are good sources of protein? So, you know, plant or animal based, you know, you have your traditional ones, you know, beef, chicken, you know, fish, and then plant sources, things like nuts and seeds, legumes. You can have um, things like tofu, edamame. Those are great sources. You know, pea protein is a new one that's also getting bigger. You know, peas have some protein too. So those are ones that are that I would say are good ones. I'm not saying I don't recommend things like protein powders, but they're not really for everyone. Um, some some dairy products too are good sources of protein. And now to kind of, because we're moving more towards plant-based, there's other ones like, you know, chickpea protein or that kind of thing, you know, and hemp and that kind of thing. So those are all new ones. And I think they're good. I think it's, it, it all works. It's all depending on what works for you. What are some of the most important bad foods to cu- to cut out? I don't really like usually like to label foods as good and bad because I think that falls into the diet culture thing again, right? Right. And I so, did bads. You can't see it, but I did air quotes under bad foods. Yeah, um, no, good. I'm good like, for she you, can't Mary. see me here. No, and I'm doing because, bad food. <laughs> because I might, someone might say, I mean, um, someone might say, oh, well, that's a bad food. Like someone who's a nutritionist might say mm-hmm. something like, you know, okay, French fries are a bad food. I'm like, well, it depends on how you frame it because technically, French fries are vegan. They are a plant food because they're potato, right? right? Yes, they're deep fried in oil, which is not really the healthiest for us. Or you can if, get an air fryer. You can get an air fryer, but you also at the same time, if you have them once in a while, I'm not too worried. Like it's, it's like yeah. a, you know, it's a, f- life is not meant to be so restrictive, okay? Because life is short and we should enjoy all foods on the spectrum. Next one, replacing bad habits with good ones is a good way to transition diets. What are some satisfying alternatives to some of those Again, air quotes, bad foods. Well, if you know that, let's say, for example, that if you have the ice cream in your freezer, if you know it's there and you're going to eat it all, don't keep it in your freezer. If you want it, then you're going to go out and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to have a good time and have ice cream at wherever it is you like to have ice cream. Um, And that way you have to go out to get it and you're making it more of a treat rather than like a habit that's in your house. If water's not your thing, how can I add more fluids to my diet? So I find uh, fruit-infused water is always nice. You can do cucumbers, you can do strawberries, you can do berries, you can do citrus fruit, you can do all different kinds of fruits in your water to 
to um, make you drink more water. It, it makes it less boring. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people who are very like um, into juice, you know, and if you really like juice, I'm not saying juice is really, really bad, but if you were to dilute it with water, right? So let's say you do like, you know, a third of a cup of juice, like a third of a cup of orange juice, and then the rest of it is water. That's a way mm, for you okay. to, to keep, you know, to keep the hydration levels up. Sometimes too, if you're really into like um, herbal teas too, that wouldn't be a bad thing either because that way you're also getting um, fluid in other ways. Coffee, I'd be a little bit careful because if you have too much, you know, that can give you some issues. I mean, you know, with all the caffeine. Um, Yeah. So, but those are some of the ways you can, you can stay hydrated. And as well too, fruits, right? A lot of fruits and vegetables, they have a lot of water in them too. Okay. Like a, like a watermelon is like 90% water. Cucumber too is like around the same as yeah, 90% same water. Thing. Like you can also eat your water. How important is fiber in a diet? And what can people expect when transitioning from a low to high fiber diet? <laughs> oh, you can expect a lot of gas, <laughs> right? That's why they say to do it gradually. Right off. Number but, one, um, gas. A high fiber diet is is important because you think of like, you know, your colon and your intestines and like all the stuff that you eat and stuff that goes through there. I always think of fiber as like the cleaners that come in and help to push things through, right? Right. It's for gut health, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, in your intestines and your colon and that kind of thing, it, it keeps it, it keeps everything, everything going, right? Um, so, I think fiber, you get fiber from your fruits and vegetables, from whole grains, right? They have a lot of fiber. So things like oats, um, whole wheat products, brown rice, quinoa, you know, things like spelt or millet or that kind of thing. Those things are all pretty high in fiber. Uh, and they help to move things along and keep us our di- digestive health good. And also helps to keep you regular, which is also really important. What kind of fat is good for you? And what should I steer clear of? And is too much good fat bad for you? So the best kinds of fats are things that come, I mean, obviously you've probably heard of omega-3 fats, right? Mm-hmm. Omega-3 fats, and they come a lot from things like fish and from walnuts. Um, those are fats we want to have more in our diet because they're essential fatty acids. So, you know, that's a good fat. Also good fats are um, your monounsaturated fats and your polyunsaturated fats, right? And those you would get from things like different oils, like olive oil, right? Canola oil would have it too, right? We call them, in my trade, we call them poofas and mufas because it's a little bit easier to say than the really long word, um, <laughs> right? So, you know, a lot of it is from cooking oils and that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then fats that aren't great are trans fats. And actually in Canada, there's now going to be a ban on trans fats. Now trans fats are what we call shelf stable fats. And they're usually in a lot of processed foods and foods that can sit on the shelf for a long period of time. So if you ever go in the grocery store and you see like there's a food there and it's something just sits on the shelf, it's usually something like, I don't know, you know, donuts or I don't know what it is, or some cookies or whatnot. It's usually in those types of foods. Um, those have been manufactured fats and they're fats that are really not good for our heart health. So those are ones you'd probably want to have less of. But however, in Canada, there's going to be a ban on trans fats and it's still kind of rolling out. So that means a lot of foods that have trans fats are, should not be on the shelves soon. So it's to kind of make sure that we, we eat less of those fats. Now, saturated fats traditionally were seen as bad fats, right? But now there's some evidence to say that some saturated fat uh, may not be that bad. Saturated fat is what you find often in um, animal animal products. On your steak, you have saturated fat. But there's been kind of mixed research on that, that some saturated fat is actually okay. 
Um, and I think some of it too is okay too because if you do have saturated fat on your steak, I don't see that as like a really terrible thing, you know, as long as you're not eating like tons and tons of like sausages going for, you know, getting hot dogs every day. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, and is, and can you have too much good fat? So, uh, you can, but it's hard to have too much unless you are number one doing keto <laughs> right. or some really, really high fat diet. Um, or you're overtaking like supplements or something. So let's say you're taking a bunch of omega threes and you're, you're taking too many or something like that. Uh, that, that can be too much, but generally most people, um, unless they are doing keto, don't eat. Um, and unless your diet is really, really poor where all you eat is processed food and junk food and animal foods, and then you can have too much. So it, again, it, it depends on the person, but, um, that's why we always say very diets are the best, are the best. And it all depends on what you eat and what you like and what you're willing to switch, change up in your diet to make sure you get more, more whole foods and more healthy fats. Well, if someone asked you, you know, out of all of these, would you recommend any, what would you recommend to someone? So what I would do is I always look at what the person is already eating. And I say, what are you doing now? What are you eating? Um, and what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And I find a lot of times people are very like, like, um, no, I mean, I, the reason why I eat those foods is because I like them. You know, unless they really aren't are on a rice cake diet, then you should eat because they like to eat, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah. what can we do to tweak it, to tweak what you're eating in order to give you the results that you want? You know, and a lot of times too, um, it's eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. It's eating without distraction. It's being a little bit more mindful and aware of yes, what okay. they're eating. It's like those things. And usually when I go and I ask people, it's so funny because when usually people ask me like, how do I lose those last five pounds? And I say, I usually turn the question around and I say, because you know yourself best, right? I don't know you best. I'm mm -hmm. like, but I just got to reframe it. And I kind of become, you kind of become like a, a food therapist in that way. You're like, yeah. well, what do you, what do you think? Or, or why, why? And, and then they start talking about it. I'm like, it's so many factors. I'm like, are you sleeping okay? You know, are you really stressed right now? Do you eat with when you're stressed? You know, um, are you going, coming overcoming some kind of a virus right now? Like, and then they usually be like, oh, and they start to think about it. Oh, wait, I haven't been exercising as much because I'm trying to get over this cold right now. I'm like, well, there you go. There's one part of it. You know, it's kind of reframing and it's kind of, helping people to be a little bit more in tune with what they do in their day-to-day -day lives and their thought process and why they choose the foods they, food that they eat and, and usually how it is. It doesn't sound like, it, 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 I know, and it doesn't sound sexy because there's no like magic bullet. This is why these diets sell so much because now we're doing the taco cleanse and the next week we're doing pegan. I know. That's why they, they, the diet industry can make billions and billions of dollars off people who don't, just don't know what to eat for themselves. Because our, our needs vary so much from person to person. How can people find out? We tapped, we talked a little bit about this right at the beginning. How can people find a source they trust, like to develop a good plan for themselves? I tend to refer to Health Canada. They are in a from a public health um, standpoint, they, but they have some some good resources too about certain things, like about you know the new food guide or about you know you know even things like cannabis. Right? It's like a good credible source of information. So Dietitians of Canada, we we have a website called UnlockFood.ca. I'll say somebody was like, I just want to know what to eat more in terms of, because I have a, you know, for healthier magnesium. So it's unlockfood.ca um, or dietitian, or you can just look up dietitians.ca um, and there's a lot of great information there too. That's all evidence-based too, right? 
I usually write a little bit on my website too. It's under construction right now, but um, my website, I have a blog as well, and I'll write about different diet topics as well, and that's nutritionartist.com. But in the meantime, while your website's down, they can go to your Instagram because I know there's a lot of information you share there. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, and you know what? This is my thing too, is that there's so much um, BS out there in terms of like nutrition information. I try really hard to share credible content, you know, on my Instagram, on my Facebook, um, just so people can see just like, and I try and put it in a way that's kind of user friendly that like, okay, if I just looked at this and I can just figure out um, what, you know, quickly without having to read pages and pages of information, um, why this is good, why I should eat this or, you know, what's a good healthy recipe I can make tonight for at, at home kind of thing. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank Honestly, you. I was just scrolling through and I, I was loving each post. It was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I'm that feel, that means a lot to me. Yeah. So my Instagram is at nutrition artist. Perfect. Because I want to make sure that people do look you up. Yeah. So I just and I try to do it because you know what, there's so much out there. And I'm like, you know what, I'm a I'm a licensed professional. and I'm a credible professional. I got to put out stuff out there that is good. To, co- to combat all the other noise out there you know it's like absolutely so yeah and i'm glad i'm really glad you find it helpful all right we're gonna move on to rapid fire first question so if you had to choose one what is the best and worst thing you could eat the best would be pizza the worst thing would be liver <laughs> <laughs> yes and when someone finds out you're a dietitian yes. what is the first thing they ask you can you help me with my diet? I can see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's the most common mistake people make when choosing the right diet for themselves? Jump in on trends and the bandwagon. What's the most common mistake people make when starting a new diet that may cause them to feel overwhelmed and then they revert back to old bad habits? Making too many changes too soon. What do you now know as a registered dietitian that you wish everyone knew? I think a lot of times you know what's best for you as a registered dietitian. I'm here to help you to discover that. There isn't no bulletproof one diet is good for everyone type answer. And what can I do to ensure that I'm eating healthy? I would say meal plan, eat your vegetables, and drink your water. Now is when I actually ask all my guests to share their kitchen confession. Okay. Do you have one that you can share with us? So I have this thing too. um, When I cook... I don't know if it's part of my artist experimental personality, but like I have this thing, first of all, I leave all the cupboards open. I don't know why I do that. And Oh, you're like my <laughs> husband. I don't know why I do that. I, I guess I just want it to be easy access there. But then when I take everything out, I litter it all over the kitchen counters and the kitchen is so messy. Like all <laughs> the all the spices, all the stuff that I'm using, it's all over the counter, right? And then I have this thing too, when I cook, like I'm, I'm a pretty messy cook, I admit, and my husband will tell you too that, my God, she's so messy. <laughs> you know how when you have that thing to hold the spoon when you're cooking, you have something to hold it? Yeah. I never use it. And then the, the spoon, the dirty cooking spoon, whatever spoon it is, tongs, whatever, just ends up on the counter in random places, <laughs> this counter, on the stovetop, on the side. And before you know it, when I'm done cooking, it's time to clean up. There are all these like sauce stains all over the place. Oh, no. See, we could we could not share a kitchen, you and I. Yeah. I just like, I just, I just don't think to put it. I guess I didn't really use it growing up. And he was like to me, you know, this is what you're supposed to put the spoon here, the dirty spoon. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I actually always just think it's in the way. And I put it away and I don't use it. I don't, I don't, so then there's all these marks at the end of it. And the worst is when you don't clean it up right away and then you got to scrub it after. 
that and it's you know i understand actually i get where you're coming from because i tend to use a lot of like a lot of utensils yeah and i just put them anywhere on the countertop like thank goodness i clean my countertops <laughs> on a regular basis I'd be horrible, right next thing you know in the summer i'll have ants or something like why are there ants on the counter oh yeah, like, oh, yeah i was cooking sauce. i was cooking and they were like left cooking. Over the sauce or something and there come the ants and they'll oh, be really gross um but i just i just do that and like that's why i'm just like I'm like, I can't cook and be clean and keep the space clean. It's just not in my thing. And I will get stuff everywhere. Well, isn't the saying a messy cook is a good cook? That's what I like to say. Because <laughs> he's just like, oh, I always have to clean up the kitchen after you're done cooking. I'm like, really? It's not bad, is it? And I see how he cooks. I'm just like, man, I just can't do that. You need clean. You got to get into it. And then when you're too clean, you're, too, you're thinking about being clean and then you're not really getting into it. So anyways. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, I messy. And we're done. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, coming on the Kitchen Confession podcast. I was so, honestly, it was so, such fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So if listeners want to reach out to you for more information, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Nutrition Artist is my Instagram. On Twitter, it's the same at Nutrition Artist. Uh, on Facebook, I'm at Nutrition Artist RD. And then my website is nutritionartist.com. There's a button there where you can email me if you want to get in touch. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.